but I love this. I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt. He knows he's not Tiger. You know, he's not Rory. But I've already proved in two two rounds in the biggest golf tournament in the world that I'm going to be better than everybody this week. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another Par Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got my partner in crime with me, Matt Cermak. What's up, my man? What's up, Ev? Good to be back. And we got a little open championship recap. One of our favorites. You know, we love these recaps for the majors. Yeah, we always do this after every major. Last major of 2023, a little sad. But in case you guys are new, welcome aboard the podcast. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with anyone from a PGA Tour pro to a golfer like you and me to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode, is presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. And Serm, I just got to tell you, I didn't realize until recently how obsessed I am with the everyday shorts from Roback. I'm going out of the country this week. And especially on trips, they're the best because if you've got kind of a casual round of golf, it works for them. If you're, you need shorts and it's in the, in the summer and you need something to just go around town in, but you need something more elevated than just a workout short. They work dinners with a collared shirt. They work. So like to me, you know what else have? Yeah. The way they're fitted. So when you're traveling, right? I was traveling this past week, warm on the plane. Things stay in your pocket. Your classic gym short. Oh, the or, zipper is incredible or, for that. I put my I've AirPods in I've got some other brands that. of shorts I'm not going to name, but totally flimsy. Things are falling out. Pockets are coming point. undone. So it's the way it's the way they're lined in the way. In the way they it's fit also a the bold area. move to fly in shorts. Sometimes the plane can be cold. Sometimes it can be hot too. So <laughs> that's true. To <laughs> give you blankets on the red eye coming back. So. That's true. Did you do a yeah. red eye? We did. We did. Wow. Not, not intended. We got delayed and then we rebooked. Oh, man. Well, well, guys, I'm telling you, the everyday, everyday shorts, shorts, by far my favorite short I've ever worn. I'm not just saying that. Literally, it's such a relief when I'm packing to have a short as versatile as the rowback short because then I don't have to worry about, okay, I got my golf shorts, I got workout shorts, I got my day shorts. It's the everyday short. It's why they named it that. So rowback.com, enter the code train, get yourself some everyday shorts. They just released some new colors, actually, dark gray, which I thought of you, Serm. I feel like you're a big dark gray guy. I need need to get those. Yeah, you you need to get them. You guys go get them. Rowback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off. Thanks to Rowback and all of you for tuning in. All right. Again, like you said, major recap, Brian Harmon, maybe not the most uh, exciting win, that we've seen not a not a ton of drama but a ton of learnings and uh what is this? should we just jump right in that's what we do ev i say we jump in all right where do we want to start maybe an immediate reaction maybe course yeah. a little bit before we get to Harmon. sure yeah initial reactions course right hoy lake what do we know about hoy lake in liverpool what do we think about um what we think about tiger in 2005 rory in 2014 bobby jones won it um What'd you say? I think it was 06. You're right. It was St. Andrews in 05. Every five years of St. Andrews. Yeah. And then 06, oh, like Bobby Jones. So like, that's pretty cool, right? McElroy Woods, Jones kind of comes uh, comes to mind when you think about the history. Yeah. You also remember this one always being a little more quirkier of a setup. And you got to see that again this week. Very narrow. Um, in course, out of bounds. Um you know, a famous. Can you explain to people? Because I don't feel like a lot of people maybe understand or have heard of internal OB. Can you just explain what internal OB means? Yeah, I mean, you just got. It's basically the same thing as like a hazard, right? Because yeah. when you think of a water hazard, a red stake, real estate stake, it's on the golf course, it's on the hole, right? So think of it that way. The penalty is just more extreme. You don't have quite the options, right? So right, um, right. that's really the best way to. I mean, there couldn't be anything more frustrating than a ball being on the golf course, one foot past the white stake, and you're going back. You're going back to the tee. <laughs> it's the kind of OB or, that or you're, you'll play. Or you're dropping it in the second shot. <laughs> it reminds me of some municipal courses I'll play, and they put OB on a hole because there's houses, but right. they move it in. And sometimes your ball sit, is sitting there, and you're like, "Come on, I'm literally, I've got a great shot." And sometimes you take the OB, sometimes you don't. You know, you got to play it, to, you know, how you want. But all right, so your reaction? Yeah, I have. I, I'll be honest. I'm one of those people. Call me old school, which you have before. 
I love to see the weather come into play in the Open. We saw well, it on it's kind TV. of their version of the carnage for the uh, U.S. Open, Correct. right? It's yeah, it's what you want to see. Correct. But with but what the difference is, you know, if the carnage gets too great at the U.S. Open, they can dial it back, right? Or if it's like we saw right. this year, too many low scores early, they can dial it up. Or this is just, and it's not like in America too, where it's a little more predictable when weather's coming in. Harmon talked about this. It's like nobody's oh, getting yeah. it right. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And it could just change in a heartbeat, because especially being on the coast, obviously, yeah. and that's like more in play. You could talk about abandoned dunes in that sense a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing we have. Right. To, so, so Ev, I love the weather because I love to watch these guys, you know, either think really well or really struggle. You know, maybe that's a story of Justin Thomas, and that's probably for another pod. But I love to see the best players in the world work and think in a different way than we're typical. So um, I like the course. I don't know if I love the course or hate the course, but I like I liked the course. I think it's interesting. It played tough. One guy only under par or double digits. And I love the weather. What about you? Yeah, and real quick, I haven't even told you this yet, sir. So this is a live exclusive. And okay. I can't tell you who it is on, on air. I'll tell you off air. But we got a new partner coming on board very soon that I'm very excited about that. Maybe I told you this. I can't remember. That basically said it is a possibility we haven't locked anything in in yet, but it is a possibility through this partnership we might be able to interview Justin Thomas. So well, that that's a good drop on the air. I thought it was going to be like I'm going I'm putting a second driver in my bag or I'm no. going to the long putter. No, for the, you mentioned for the JT. <laughs> what a great time to be able to talk to JT. Yeah. Right. Get, let's hope he gets on the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Uh, totally. But but yeah, I have no. I am. Um, we'll get to Harmon here in a minute. I. I'm a shorter guy. I don't hit it the farthest. I relate to watching guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in junior golf and he was one of the, the best at the time, if not the best, his name was just everywhere in the AJGA and then into college. And like, so that's pretty cool too, you know? Yeah. So I really enjoyed watching him do his, you know, do his thing and boy, did he do it well. So, yeah, I think what we'll get to in a bit before I give my take too is it's hard enough. We'll talk about this sleeping on a five shot lead. I would imagine in a major when you've never won, then you throw in rain. It'd be Wind, really easy, really cold. quick to think Yeah, five shot lead in the rain, not nearly as big of a, a lead in regular conditions, let alone a Sunday of a major. Right? right. So we'll get to that. For me, I love links golf. You know, it, the open is arguably my favorite event of the year. I think when Masters Week comes, obviously you, you get yeah. you get fired up by the Masters. And then when the Open Week comes, you get fired up by the Open. But I love the creativity and the shot making. You know, I think from a mental standpoint, I also like it because you hear a lot of the players say you say them say this at uh, you hear them say this at Augusta too. The shot making, the different lies, the conditions. The greens, they force you to focus on shot making instead of your swing. I love watching the best players in the world hit crazy shots in crazy conditions, right? It's cool. And you're they're hitting shots that they don't normally hit. You know, they're bumping running, they're putting off from off the green. They have to play to the front of the greens to let it roll out. You can't play it to the pin as often. With the rain, I think the course was a little bit softer. So they could a little bit more, but you know, you have to play to what the course gives you, which I think is always a better way to play than playing well, golf swing the whole time, obviously. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's, a, it's a learning, right? Yeah. I don't agree with all of the hate that number 17 got. 17 is the short par three, looking at the, the, infi- sea, the infinity green. Infinity green, where it's kind of, um, what do they call it? A turtle's back. Right. And so let me just say this. If people want to hate on 17, maybe we should tweet this. If people want to hate on 17 at Hoylake, they should hate on Pinehurst number two the entire tournament because every Donald Ross green at Pinehurst number two is a turtle back. Everything falls off if you don't hit it to the middle of the greens. And so, well, you know. Yeah, I agree, Ev. And the, the Donald Ross comment's actually good and it's a good visual, especially for guys who are, guys and gals who are listening to this in the Midwest. I mean, I got... 10 down Ross courses in Chicago. Right. right? Yeah. And whether they're not maybe all as severe as that green, but that, that is everything falls off. So I like it. If, if it was a longer hole up, I wouldn't like it. Right. But you have, these guys have wedges in their hand. Right. So 
and they're the best players in the world. So I think it's a perfect dynamic. Yeah. And, you know, I think would we all have wanted more drama coming down, coming down the stretch? Of course, Brian Harmon went through some stuff with the fans. We'll get to that. But overall, I think uh, Hoy Lake is a, a place where historically the number one player in the world would win for Brian Harmon to win. He also almost won at Aaron Hills, two courses that you wouldn't think would be a Brian Harmon, you know, success story. So I think there's a ton of learnings. Any other reactions or things about the course? Also, talk about an 18th hole with internal OB right, thick rough left. Yeah. And you've got to hit that fairway. Pretty cool. Down the stretch. You know, makes for some for for some good drama, but not unfair, right? You saw them all bailing out left, right? right? And okay, fine. You should have an I don't, you know, there's an option there if you want to hit driver. So right. Um, I think the grandstands were a little too friendly on the second shot, but that's got but that's PGA tour golf, right? These guys <laughs> get some help right. from the grandstands. It's not oh, you mean with the uh, free drops and stuff, right? Just where you can aim at it because yeah, you're yeah. you're going left on the second instead of right because of the OB. The in-course out of bounds on 18 really comes into play, not just on the drive, but the second shot, too. Yeah. How many times you can get a little squirrely with yeah. the fire, you, you know, or, you know, on a, when it's dry, a bad, you know, it'll bounce in. So um, yeah. I thought it actually added a cool dynamic for, for for how this hole is shaped and designed. It doesn't yeah. work anywhere, and you don't really want to see it too much other than this. But totally. I All right. So let's talk Harmon a little bit. And before we get yeah. into him, um, I can't wait for you to dig into some of the quotes and the takeaways that you wrote down from the press conference. But before we do, I just want to say kudos to one of our favorite guests, Brett McCabe. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brett McCabe, we've had four or five times on on the show. We're going to do a video series with him where I'm going to fly out to Birmingham and sit good. down for a, a deep dive on my struggles and go out on the course together and figure out how to get out of your body when you've had past failures in certain shots. And I think it's going to be really beneficial to you guys. So keep your eyes peeled on that. And we're going to go film that end of August, probably come out in September. But one of the top sports psychologists in the game has two major winners this year with Rom, the Masters, and Brian Harmon for the Open. I mean, yeah, it's, incredible stuff. And he never takes good, credit. He always gives the credit to the player. Yeah. But someone needs to give him some credit. And we're giving him credit. We love him. He's as good as it gets. There's a toughness about Brett, little Rotella like. Yeah. And I think the Roms and the Harmons are kind of just they've always had these kind of grinder mentalities. And um yep. you can see what Horschel's another one. It's I see why they connect and he really he really connects with them. So congrats to Brett as well. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. And I want to just say something that Azinger said on the telecast that I actually want to challenge for a second azinger oh, said this is the tweet yeah yeah okay azinger said Harmon admitted to struggling with an active mind but we is all, have all active he, is that all he said of because okay that's right basically just like, said did you he tried to position it as he's such a smart guy apparently had a really high gpa at georgia that one of his biggest struggles was his active mind of getting ahead of himself now let me just clarify something we all have active minds. You don't have to be intelligent to have an active mind. Our brain is designed to forecast and try and prevent pain and failure. So the goal shouldn't be to quiet an active mind because that's just going to set you up for failure, right? The goal is to be able to observe the active mind as something separate than yourself and refocus on productive things you can control. I mean, Djokovic said after Wimbledon, he considers his he considers the mind a traveler. He doesn't think you can ever be present all the time. It's an exercise of coming back, right? So the I just want to say the telecast's perfect picture of a, quote, quiet mind puts us at a bit of a disservice because it positions something normal, an active mind, as something we have to fix. So I just want to put that out there because a lot of yeah. people like DM us and say, I have all these thoughts. I can't get rid of my thoughts. The goal is not to get rid of your thoughts. The goal is to observe those thoughts and then refocus on something that's more productive. And that's what Harmon said too. He said just in a in an interview after he's like, you know, when negative thoughts came in, I just started thinking about something else. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, okay, they did. Yeah, he didn't freak out. Like, yeah, just all right, just get like you would say, get productive, and that's right. what he did. No. Yeah. All right. So no, let's talk good, about. Good, let's talk about some quotes that you thought were really telling 
of how he did this. Again, our goal is to try and pull things from yeah. Harmon's game, um, which, by yeah. the way, like you said, he's over, I think, 140th on tee off driving distance on tour, 5-7, hits it average 290 off the tee, and he's an incredible putter and a grinder. Well, he's he he's yeah he, he was an incredible putter this week, yeah, but he's been struggling with his putting. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a couple of quotes here, and I think they kind of tie into Brian Harmon's story. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, for we'd be doing a disservice to him if we didn't talk about how great of his career is, but it's also been underwhelming in a lot of ways. Well, when you compare was, it to his amateur career, right? He was the best junior player in the country uh, as a junior player. He was you know multiple all-time All-American, two-time Walker Cup winner of the Porter Cup. I mean, he was it, right? If you look at his career in the last 10 years, I mean, look, he's made 29 million bucks. <laughs> he said 50 top 10s. They said the most top 10 since 2017 on the tour. So a lot of them have come in the last six years. Mm-hmm. And he still won twice. You know, he won the 2014 John Deere. He won the 2017 Wells Fargo. So, yeah. but describing some of this, Ev, I think is going to tie into some of the things he talked about. One quote he mentioned after the round, he said, I'm good friends with Kirby Smith. You know, he's a Georgia guy. George, head football coach, he goes, and Kirby's always said, I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt. Mm. Right. And I think, you know, it's easy. It was probably easy for him to think like this, th- this is maybe not my time. Why am I supposed to win this? I've never been in this position. He's had some major, good major performances. He had a second place in 2017. He's kind of creeped around leaderboards. He's kind of always that guy to pick in your six person master's pool is like number four or five. But I love this. I'm not going to be hunted. I'm going to hunt, right? I'm this course is fitting my eye. <laughs> I'm hitting it well. I figured out a secret of my putting that we could talk about in a little bit. So I'm going to go dominate. You know, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to. So I think for him, like him, that really resonated with him because, you know, he's not, he knows he's not Tiger, you know, he's not Rory, but I've already proved in two, two rounds in the biggest golf tournament in the world that I'm, I can be better than everybody this week. Right. When you get that. So that's probably when you get that five shot lead, the hardest thing to do is to keep the gas, your foot on the gas. Right. You know, especially with, and he did it as good as anyone conditions. When you look at 17 and 18, the trickiest hole on the course, all of the talk about it, it could be a birdie hole or it could be a triple. Right. And then let's say you bring in a triple or a double, and then you're facing that tee shot on 18. I mean, that's not an easy finish. No, and I actually not, think it, this it's is probably, like, it's one of the harder finishes we've seen. We see in major golf. Yeah. In terms of what could go wrong. Right. Right. And it's raining. It's pouring yeah. rain. That's the other. I mean, at any, if you don't dry your grips, right. You know, that gloves not fitting right. You're, Do you see how many gloves he had in his umbrella. That's how it's done. You're changing every shot. Right. Yeah. If your layering just gets a little off and you get a little quick and you're plugged in a pot bunker on 17. Right. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and the thing is to have like, he played borderline flawless golf. I mean, he hit it into two bunkers all week. And one was right. on the last hole of the tournament when he was just trying to get it up there. Which remember in 2006, Tiger missed every 112 out of 112 bunkers he avoided. Yeah. So and, and clearly that's that, a great form. Yeah. And so I think the, the quote also ties in Ed, before you jump in here, like he got off to bad starts on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's kind of really, that really tests your nerves. But I think, you know, what he talked about, like any good, healthy mind talks about is it's a major championship. It's bad conditions. I'm going to have maybe a couple bad holes. Right. Bad swings are going to happen. It's just right. how he managed those bad swings. And what did he do? You know, he makes a couple bogeys, bogeys early in both rounds. And he shoots under par. So, because I'm not going to let this course or this moment defeat me because I make a couple bogeys. Yeah. I'm going to hunt. Right. More holes left. I'm going to hunt those holes because I know. I want everybody listening to think about how they feel when they hear Serm say that, because that's actually a really valuable tool, right? And that's what all the best players do, where you're bound to make a mistake. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to be behind a shot that doesn't fit your eye. And you've got to lose focus. Yeah. You're going to lose focus. Someone else is going to make a a great shot, you know, in front of you. Doubts are going to come in. So you've got to have self-talk to get you back on track. And I think the go hunt instead of the be hunted 
is such an amazing, I might even name the episode that, because it's such an amazing, aggressive, offensive mentality, right? In the biggest of moments, what do Kepka and Jack Nicholas say? They love the majors because people should take themselves out of it because of the pressure, right? right? And that essentially pressure leads to getting defensive and focusing on the results leads to getting defensive. So finding yeah. a way to go hunt and he's a hunter, right? So another great learning of that is to find a, a message that's really like strikes you. Well, it's about it's you. True to him and about like you. He's, he's, yeah. he's a dedicated, great bow hunter, you know, right. like, so that's a great point. I've like, make it about you. It's you out there. Right. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, like I've literally been talking to your experiences, you know, yeah. and I've been talking to a couple guys I'm coaching right now, and we've been going through that same exercise <clears throat> of trying to find them their statements. And it's amazing when you can find your statement, you know, that you want to repeat to yourself to keep you kind of offensive. It's big. And yeah. so what a great nugget to throw into your guys's back pocket, who, whoever's listening I remember at one of the member guests a few years ago, I, instead of uh, enjoy the ride, my motto was enjoy the hunt, you know, and that didn't mean being aggressive, but I was hunting my spot. Right. Right. Like, look, right. At the end of the day, anytime we do something well, especially a sport and especially golf for that matter, it's, you gotta be a killer. <laughs> you, gotta, yeah. you just do. You may become afraid in between shots or when you see a shot, but you take it and you accept it and no, you, you know, like I you you turn it around, and I think that's what we all have to remember. You got to be a killer. You know, that's and, a good and, point and, too, because I think we all celebrate killers like a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, a Tiger Woods, um, but none none of us believe that we're like them, which is true to a certain extent. I mean, they're you know I'm not a different I'm breed. Not saying you guys but, gotta go have a bad family life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying like I think a lot of us can be more of a killer. On the course. On the course. Right. You know, and we like idolize that, but we don't play like that. Right. You know, we think it's unattainable. We think they're a special breed, which they are, but more of us can be closer to a killer over the ball because you right. can't be a killer and also be a victim at the same moment. Right. Exactly. Right. The mind can't do. Right. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, Ev, I mean, He's got these great quotes we've heard this afternoon that are all very similar to this. And I think the one I liked he talked about, this is less of a quote that you would see if you Google the quote, but it's just, he said, I'm historically not a good rain player. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. And it bothered him all week. He said, this was consuming my mind what the weather was going to be. But right. So he knows that he accepts that. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm some great, great player in the, you know, <laughs> bad, I'm right. some great, bad weather player. But when he says, I'm going to hunt, this is not going to stop me from hunting. So like, see there, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, because Ricky Fowler talked about how he loves bad weather. He's like, oh, come to me. Right. Yeah. And Harmon's like, shit, I actually got to work harder. I got to work harder to figure this out. And he did. Yeah. That's such a good point because so many people similar to the the like killer mentality. I think people think that they either got it or they don't, but it's such a great reminder that Brian Harmon acknowledged that I haven't had great success with this in the past. So I'm going to have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Versus That's, yeah. I'm not good at this. Right. And I'm not, I have no chance because it's in the rain. I mean, he the British open is such a, it's so difficult for anybody. And then the, but these guys, there's been guys over the years that don't even go to this tournament. Because they they know they're not going to play well in it. Like Woody Austin, Scott Hogue, these guys who made millions and millions of dollars over the years on tour, they wouldn't go. They're not going. Because they can't get themselves in the right frame of mind to play well. Hmm. So <laughs> these are the greatest, some of the greatest ball strikers, you know, of the 80s and 90s. So right. Harmon, the guy who isn't, you know, not as, he just doesn't like it. I mean, what's to like about it? But he really doesn't like it. He knows that and he doesn't play well and he struggled mentally with it, but he overcame all that. I think that is so cool. Yeah, that is, that's a great reminder for everybody. And, you know, I think it's also a great reminder that when things don't go perfectly, it's okay. 
right? We've all played in tough conditions. You might go on a bucket list trip, you know, let's say to Bandon. Yeah. And you're worried about the conditions. Like I've heard of people having the greatest round of their life in 35 mile power winds and downpour rain because they said to themselves, this is part of the experience. I'm just going to, just going to go have fun. And whenever when else are they going to play golf in that? Whatever happens, happens. Right. So you just kind of have to embrace it. He told Mike Tirico, no umbrella in his post post win (laughs) presser. You know, he goes, I love this now, you know? (laughs) So I think, I think the cool takeaway for me there, sir, is, um, I don't see it as much as just being blindly positive. We've talked about this before. I actually think it's about, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about reframing in a way that you can believe and reframing in a way that puts you in a better position. You know, like it's very rare for someone to perform what you can, you can hit good shots with bad thoughts, but it's very rare for someone to win. If you're being negative overall, right. You can be pissed. Right. After a bad shot, but you got to reset pretty quick and refocus on what you're trying to do. And, you know, that probably yeah. eliminated a lot of people this week. Well, I, if we're going to talk about anybody else, Ev, it's Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. And that reminds me what you just said really about him today and a little bit of yesterday. Look, yesterday he was close. Harmon makes a couple bogeys early. He's right there. And then Harmon came back and Fleetwood couldn't stay with it. And then today, he ball struck it so good, at least from the footage we saw with Fleetwood in really tough weather, but he putted like he didn't know what he was doing. And he got so, so frustrated. And anybody would, but he's a hometown kid. He's had his chance. He had his chance this week. He's been playing good this year. And he putted so bad. And then you saw him make a triple on 16. And But he had, he had this such dejected look. And I've been there. I had a round last year where I was hitting it so good. And I, I literally could make a couldn't get one to fall from seven feet or eight feet, you know, for Mm. birdie. And you got so mad that I remember making a double coming in and he made a, but he made out a putt on 18. All the guys made putts on 18. If you notice today, bad weather, it's hard to putt in slow greens in the rain. They all made putts on 18 and he did too. When he looked like he was borderline yips. So frustrated. It just kind of, yeah, it came crashing down on him today. It's that's what it'll do to you. So yeah, I wanted to, we just wanted to get Fleetwood in yeah, there. Yeah, and look, you got to give a lot of credit. He's like a Ricky to me, though. The failures yeah. are gonna are gonna help. He's he's right there, and he's playing much better than we saw the last couple of years. So well, one big win for Tommy would be the fact that he always had slow starts and had the sixty. He has two record sixty threes in U.S. Opens on Sundays, right? So it was the first round that was always kind of like Rory recently, not not this year, but or the last couple majors for Rory. But this year to come out with a 66 at his home hometown, 30 miles away, yeah, with all that pressure, yeah. Yeah. you know, huge. I think that's got to be huge for him. But if you think about what Harmon said, sleeping with a lead, think about sleeping with a lead or up near the lead, you know, with the hometown boy. That's got to be really tough to sustain, it, you know, for four days. So at the end of the day, the lead was his. I mean, we all like being the lead, but we know it can be tough. But on a day like this, when birdies were just hard to birdies yeah. and bunches were hard to come by, it really proved to be yeah, proved to be big. So we have um, so much more to say about Harmon, but before we do, I just want to say we've got big news. We're doing this even earlier than we thought, so this is this yeah. is a little exclusive, another exclusive for you guys. So big news, guys! You know that we love to drop new merchandise that can help you reset on the course, right? Just seeing a little enjoy the ride down at your glove could potentially change your round from after a double to spiraling and and springing together more bogeys and doubles and lost balls to do what Brian Harmon did when those doubts came in, right? And reframe some stuff and get you back on track. So we've heard a lot of people on this show talk about riding stuff on their glove right? To try and keep them in the right oh, mindset. I love that. And I think this is a real dream come true for us to have a par train, enjoy the ride glove with our friends at Red Rooster, who've been a partners of ours for a while is a real dream come true. And we are dropping these gloves this Wednesday. What's the date on this Wednesday in case people are listening to it later. So that's the 26th of July, Wednesday, we are going to drop the gloves 
in the morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, probably on Wednesday. And here is the other exciting part. I'll put the link in our show notes and also on social media. So you tap the link in our bio at the part train on Instagram or wherever you follow us and you can find that link and we'll launch it there. And we might even send an email on it as well. But the real fun thing is we're going to pick five people that buy on day one to get a free glove. So you got to go through the purchase process, very similar to our hats, right? I pushed Red Rooster to do this. They're on board. You buy the glove on Wednesday and we got a ton of great sizes, cadets as well. Oh, um, It's a beautiful all white glove with a little green Partrain logo and a little enjoy the ride over it. It is super clean and simple, nothing crazy. Because I think we both love a nice clean glove design. Yep. You buy that glove on Wednesday, we're going to give five refunds where you're going to still get your glove, but it's going to be for free, just like our hats. So keep your eyes peeled on Wednesday, the 26th of July and support the Pard Train family. I'm telling you guys, I want to blow Red Rooster out of the water. I want them to think, holy shit, the Pard Train family is unlike any other out there. And to me, what a better thing to buy. Not only is it a great glove that's going to last you a while, but it's also a glove that can help your game by giving you a little message to stay on track. So I'm super pumped. The gloves are incredible. I'm telling you, we wouldn't make anything that is less than incredible. So we're so excited to get you guys some par- our first run ever of Partrain gloves. Let's sell them out. Racing off the shelves. Let's blow Ooh, Red No Rooster chance, guys. Set out of arms. the water. I'm pumped. All right. Okay. I got a little fired up there. <laughs> that was fun though. Can I say one other thing yeah. about Harmon for a second? So we haven't talked about this, but when I went to the Monday practice round at LACC for the US Open, I watched Harmon for a couple holes. Yeah. And I was actually kind of blown away by how handsy he is in every part of his game, especially his shipping. Like yeah. he'd be just off the green and it was all hands. Yeah. He and I think what we call like a lot of pops, right? He, yeah. He kind of pops at it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, bit. you might wonder like, how does that relate to me? I actually think it's a really important reminder that like his takeaway is all hands. It reminds me of my brother, Joe. It's just straight up. Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder. Own whatever game you play. I think that's kind of a Brian Harmon special. Every part of his game he has to own what how he plays. If he was trying to be like Rory and try and start overpowering or get more out of his drives, I mean, he was playing his little draw and I think the shot on 17, little par three, this little punch shot to the middle of the green. What an incredible shot. The guy is sticking to a game plan. He's being aggressive to conservative targets. He avoids the shots that you can't hit, i.e. in pot bunkers. And he sticks with what he does best with his little six to eight yard draw. And it may not be, you know, perfect, but it's his swing but, and he owns but, it. But what is, yeah, I think. Exactly. You know, in this time of, you've heard so many guys try to chase distance, you know, Luke Donald was such a perfect example of getting a number one in the world. Hadn't won a major. It's like he tried to chase distance and he never could really come back from it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think, Harmon's just a handsy guy. I mean, and it's, it's he's so creative, right? His hands were a thing of beauty to watch in the high grass this week because everybody hit in the high grass. Mm-hmm. And you see how he hits everything when he, you know, he's got a six iron or seven iron or eight iron. Everything sawed off. He, could re- he really could read what this ball was going to do. And he just yep. kept hitting green after green in from the high rough. It's really hard to do. You lose your focus for a second, that thing snaps left or snaps right. And... So, but great hands, right? I mean, we got to talk about the putting Nav. You know, he's got, he's, you know, if putting, the, if the putter was all the talk at the U.S. Open with Wyndham and Ricky, his putter, it's like a asteroid ship, yeah. you know? And he said he had a breakthrough recently. He found this mirror in his barn, like a small mirror, and it really helped him kind of see his stroke. He says he's been cutting across it. Makes sense. Now, you know, does this mean a putting mirror or like literally yeah. a mirror up against the wall? I don't know. Well, I, to me, it sounded like some sort of you, there's these golf mirrors that are smaller and round. You ever seen these have that I don't know. can kind of they're for putting that. So they get more of a, 
a visual of on the ground as opposed to a, a taller mirror, which is more for your swing. Your swing, yeah. So, I, but he says he found it. I don't know. So it could have been or it could have not been, whatever. But here's what's interesting now, and it's to your topic on the hand, the handsiness. He's got this long putter that's you got this huge head, so a lot of weight, and he grips it cross-handed, okay? And he still has got a handsy stroke. He talked about the key is trying so to drop, low. draw his putts. All right, that's right hand a, low for him. If you have a long putter, a heavy head, and a cross-handed stroke, you're trying to do everything you can to get your big muscles going, right? Because mm-hmm. you're too handsy. But he still has a little bit of a handsy stroke. So he's like, I'm going to be who I am. I'm a handsy putter. I'm a handsy guy. But I'm going to do these other things to promote, you know, some stability. But I'm not going to sit here and start to try to putt like, you know, Lauren Roberts or, you know, with your shoulders just up and down rocking and straight back, straight through. He's just like, this isn't, this is important for our listeners too. You could tweak things with your equipment and your grip to help promote or get you better at something that you're not. In his case, probably too handsy, too often manipulating the face. Don't try to change your your the change your identity. I, I'm a handsy putter, Ev. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that's really worked for me to promote some more shoulders is is getting that right elbow glued to my side when mm-hmm. I walk into the putt. That's been yeah. a breakthrough for me this year. But I'm not changing my. I'm not trying to change my stroke because I have a little loop. I've been known to be a little handsy, but for me that at least helps it naturally be a little more big muscled. You know what's so, so what funny do you think? about that? I, I really was thinking about this today. I was watching. You know what's so funny you, you say that? My short game is, it's not even close now. By far the best part of my game. I played horrific yesterday. Actually very frustrating round, especially after I, I played so good a few weeks ago. And I think that's been tough for me with expectations, just like everyone who listens. And people are blown away by my short game every time I play with them. Yeah. And I just started to realize like, wow, all that work has really paid off. And here, and here is the, game. here's the takeaway for that, by the way, my short game used to be all technical technique, all technique. I would find a technique that would have good contact and I would just focus on that technique. But as we know, I lost all awareness of what I was trying to do, what the lie was giving me. Yep. And I was so one dimensional and I was focused on the wrong stuff. Now, I don't think about technique at all. And I embrace the type of putter that I am. Yeah. Do you know how many putts I've made in the last two months? I've Bettinardi's, made that Bettinardi's hot. Yeah. I've made <laughs> so many putts. And here's the funny thing. I used to be so self-conscious about my putter head going inside. And then, you know, yeah. what's so funny. Remember you used to take those videos of your strokes and send them to me. And yeah. Like, oh, you know, all the yeah. time. Like I was obsessed <laughs> yeah. all yeah. the time. I would putt every day and look at it. Right. And then. I watched slow motion swing, you know, the guy on Instagram. He's good. He's incredible, right? I watched his putting stroke goes way inside. Yeah. He's an arcer. Yeah. But then I started to embrace my arc. And even on short putts, I started to just give myself permission, take it in, release it out. And me on, I used to really struggle with short putts because I'm, I'm better with just letting the stroke longer strokes, you know, kind of let it die. My short putts, I'm making all of them, almost all of them. My other putts, I'm burning edges or giving it a chance. And now for the first time, I'm rolling putts like I meant to because I'm not fighting my stroke. Because you're mentally clear and it's freed you up. And then the funny thing about it is that leads to confidence without trying to. Because right. now I'm starting to like pile up wins. I'm starting to pile right. up putts. I'm starting to pile up good strikes. And then it's you start to get tweaks, curious. Not over. I was like, oh, with my chipping, how do I? I, I struggle with the short motions, right? Everything's long and flowy. Then I realize, oh, if I yeah. take my my chipping motion a little inside, I kind of have more room to just kind of let it pop and swipe. Real delicate and nice. A lot of control. Yeah. Chipping incredible yesterday, hitting the ball terrible, chipping putting great. So, you know, I think Brian Harmon's another good example of that where he's not not working on it. He's obviously working on it using a mirror. But to your point, he's not getting away from being a handsy putter, who he is. Right. Yeah. 
So I think that's really important. You know, there's things we can work on. We're always working on stuff. You have to be very smart and don't, you're closer than you think usually. Oh, well, here's an, here's a great point on that. And and that's, and that's important, but it's tough though, when you're missing putt after putt, right. Or, you know, from short or long, you can't get the, so, but you really have to just keep yourself in the game closer than Well, that's a good reminder for everybody that struggle can feel like forever. Confidence can be really close. Like it might only take a couple in a row to start to get a little confident. And then you start doing that more and more. Now you're full blown confident. So I was blown away when I had a couple good rounds after struggling for a while, how close confidence can be. Now, one more thing on Harmon's, some of the things the crowd is saying, maybe some things people are saying on social media. Yep. People are giving him a little shit because maybe he's a little boring. Well, he's American too. Yeah. But I think all of us could maybe afford for our games to be a little bit more boring. Oh, I thought you were talking about what the crowd, the crowd was heckling them. You're well, talking we'll get about to that in a just, second. Just kind of like what his is classic. Like he's kind of stoic, you know, yeah. he doesn't certainly doesn't wow you with his game. Right. Right. He's kind of a short, he's a short little guy. Yeah. Right. right. But isn't right. it funny how we all try and like, I think we all kind of get intoxicated. We all being amateur golfers trying to wow. Well, things. It's, a, it's a great point. I was playing with a guy last week, seven, eight handicap. Shorter than me, so he's a small guy, and he just hit this baby fade all day, like two hundred, but two hundred thirty, two hundred forty, and uh, I, I said to him, I mean, man, I really love your, I really love your rhythm, and I love how you control that fade. He goes, yeah, it's good. I just need more distance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now it's and kind I- of like, well, it's some people. It's hard to be complimented sometimes, but I know he's he's told me in the past really trying to work on getting more distance. And it's just like, no, like yeah. that's got to kind of come naturally. Don't overhaul your game. When I you played golf with a seven year old, did the same thing. Just hit thir- 13 fairways yeah. at a Donald Ross. <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah. so I said I the same thing that. to a guy I played with this weekend, 70, 75 year old guy down the middle. Every time barely went anywhere. He's like, yeah, I just can't hit it anywhere. I go, well, can I borrow some of your accuracy? Can we be a team? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Oh yeah, you always got to remind yourself. You know, with my putting, Ev, you were talking about your putting. I fixed my putting this year because I changed my grip. I went to a reverse overlap, and I just got my right elbow a little in. Didn't change my stroke. Those things have helped my yeah. stroke. Right? It's like the full swing, the setup, the feet, the grip. Those can impact the path. Yep. Most than you think, guys, with your short game. So one more thing no, before I, we kind of yeah. finish everything out here. I just wanted to say that the, I realized so many of the golfers I see, they get to the course and they're using the wrong stuff. They're using Coppertone Sport and they're using Banana Boat. And I'm telling you guys, sick to your stomach. Just hear me out for a second. Okay. I know as, as a lot of people listening are probably men, men are sometimes, you know, a little lazy. They don't plan ahead. They get to the course, they use whatever's there. They use whatever's in their buddy's bag. They use whatever's at the gas station on the way. Do yourself a favor. You just go online, you click a couple buttons, and it shows up on your doorstep. Oars and Alps is the best sunscreen out there, and it doesn't have all of the junk that Coppertone Sport and Banana Boat has. Okay, We've talked about it before. They've been recalled multiple times for huge amounts of benzene and different things that have been linked to cancer and other crazy stuff. Give yourself the peace of mind that you don't have to worry about a sunburn and all that stuff. And you don't have to worry about the ingredients. So go to orsonalps.com, enter the code SPF train. You'll get 15% off. I love the SPF spray. It has antioxidants and vitamin C in it. I usually go 50, maybe even 70 sometimes. Give myself a little extra protection. And I love the ghost stick for my face and the new SPF spray, face spray for the face. And you know, I love the cooling pads at the turn. You, you love know? the cooling wipes and you also cooling love the charcoal face wash. So that's a good point because oh, yes. we only talk about the SPF spray and, and the sunscreen because it's so good and golfers are in the sun for four to five hours at a time and you kind of forget the damage that it can do for us. But the other stuff, if you're going to use that code, you might as well throw some other stuff on in your cart. Test do it a big out. Order. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do is I test things out. I'm not going to yeah. say become an Oars and Alps deodorant person forever, but throw one in there. I like the Mandarin Woods. 
See if you like it. Wow. You know, SPF train gets you 15% off or alps.com. All right. As we're rounding this conversation out, yeah, we've talked about staying offensive when all the doubt can come in. We've yeah. talked about being yourself and playing your game. We've talked about aggressively conservative and really the power of really assertive swings to conservative yeah. targets. Yeah. Yeah. I've, there's something I want to hit on. It's a little bit of a stat here, but it's really to kind of put a bow on this. Harmon all year has been on the PGA tour has been second in bogey avoidance. Yeah. Okay. I saw now that. for the listener, we're trying to get you second in double, double bogey avoidance, right? Right. And holes 13 to 18 in the first three rounds this week, he didn't make a bogey on those holes. Think about that, what that does for your mind. One, how tough his mind was, how focused he could stay at the end of those rounds, and then getting off the golf course. It's like, man, bars and birdies, right? I'm just, I'm just, he's just finishing strong and not second guessing, you know, because it's amazing what the end of the rounds can do, right? They can, they bring you momentum or they may not, right? You get your mind right. turning. But, right. you know, Ev, I had a, to relate it back to my game and for the listener a little bit, I just had a moment last week. I was playing at Indian Hill this round. When I got on this par five and I ripped a drive. Have you know when you rip the drive in the group and the crowd goes crazy? There's nothing like it. <laughs> I know you like you love that. Love that. We know you we know you can hit it long. Par five, dog leg left. You know, I hate a dog leg left. And I just mm-hmm. took it over the willow tree, right? I didn't hit a draw. I just took it right over. over the tree. Yeah. And I get up second shot. It's like 255, 260 wet day. I'm like, I'm going to try to rip a three wood, just rip a three wood. And I pulled it and I pulled it into the rough and I got a little lucky to actually have a clear, like 25, 30 yard pitch, but over a bunker to a really tight pin. This is a tough shot. And the tree was a little in my way. I tried to, to hit this really close. And I thought to my mind, you're quote unquote green side. You can get this close and you can make birdie. You're good enough. And I, Chunked it a little bit, left it short, chunked the next one. I made a bogey. Mm. What I should have done there, I thought I was owed a birdie. I thought after that great drive and after that aggressive second shot that I was owed a birdie. When really, I should have been just thinking about chipping that 15 to 20 feet and giving mm. myself a chance for a birdie and just walking away with a par. Yeah. And I didn't avoid bogey. I'm so consumed, and we get this way on par fives, especially when we're in position A off the tee. Mm-hmm. And then kind of good, kind of a good position in theory, right? I'm, I'm close to the green. But I've got mm-hmm. this really, really tough pitch. And I lost my focus completely. And Brian Harmon is the exact opposite of that, right? right. He is exact all year and this week. And that's why he dominated this tournament. So whether it's bogey avoidance, double bogey avoidance, you're in trouble off the tee. You got to get out. You got to try to secure bogey. So I wanted to share that example. It really shook me. It's like you, and I remember walking off that green. I was like having a, just a moment with myself. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're, you won't practice that shot anymore. <laughs> you're, and so I wanted to share that. We really, really need to be aware when we're out on the golf course. You know, sometimes you might be in position A, but then you get out of position A. Just manage it. Don't try to, don't try to get, it, get it back. We're always trying to well, get things back. You we know? talked about it a few weeks ago. I'll say it again in case you didn't listen to that episode. 80 over 80% of tour pros that hit it in the trees. Obviously, this week was links, so it doesn't apply, but I'm sure you could use it with the tall rough, maybe. Over 80% of tour pros that hit it in the trees make bogey. Tour pros. But what we've talked about before is we've all hit the heroic. Remember, we talked about the heroics versus the boring? Yep. We know we've hit a heroic. It might even fit our eye. We've done it before. We can do it again. I'll, I'll never forget, I've hit a a low punch shot. I've had a lot of practice with them and I put it up like, you know, elevated green bunkers on both sides, somehow put it in between it rolled up the hill. I put it like to eight feet for birdie. Yeah. And I'm like, I could do that again, but here's the power of a mindset when it comes to strategy. If your goal was to make bogey, not par, but bogey because of 80 over 80% are. So if mm-hmm. you're going to match the PJ tour players, your goal is Nothing worse than bogey. Let's make bogey here. Your shot from the trees is now entirely different to make bogey versus trying to save par. And I bet you, you'll probably make less doubles that way. So that's, and you're going to have less stressful moments, right? Yeah. That shot trying to go under the trees from 180 yards out to a back, that's stressful. Yeah. (laughs) That pitch 
over a tree, over a bunker to a tight pin was stressful for me. And I didn't do it good. <laughs> and I compounded the mistakes. Yeah. Instead of just like, I could be way less stressful. I mean, 15 feet, right? Pitching it on, try to make a putt. I know I can two-putt that for sure. Yeah. And you know, taking this back to That's Brian, Brian Harmon. Harmon. That is Brian Harmon because he is all about sticking within his games. He knows he's got limitations, but he knows he's got huge strengths too. And bogey avoidance, boy, that is a tough, tough mind. Right yeah. And there. guess what they call Brian Harmon? They call him a little bulldog. Yeah, you can see it. I know he you went know? to Georgia, but still, like, he's that's kind of his mentality of like smaller guy, doesn't hit as far. He's a grinder. So yeah. I think we can all probably take a little bit of the grinder mentality and staying, find some way to stay offensive. We talked about it so many times. Find your statement, play your game, understand your misses, and try and swing committed you know, and aggressive at, at a conservative target. I think that's what Harmon did all week. Yeah. Better than anybody. I don't know how you hit it into two bunkers on a golf course like that in terrible conditions. <laughs> Crazy. I amazing. did it once and uh old course at St. Andrews. It was the luckiest round I've ever played. That was my one of your caddy, best rounds. That was the best, maybe the best well, round you ever played. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was so happy to be there. My caddy was think just telling it. me where yeah. to hit it. Yeah. I remember my ball just sometimes being in the middle of like three pop bunkers just perfectly. Yeah. And sometimes you get those bounces, but uh, any final thoughts about Brian or the week before we sign off here? Yeah. I mean, I just love the open week. I love getting up early. Like I think everybody else does and watching this. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch him. Will this propel him? You know, yeah. you know, is now he knows he can play in the bad weather. So the open championship just got that much more exciting. And the U.S. Open, he's a grinder. So I could see him, you know, if he catches fire again, so to speak. But when you dominate, historically, like, when you dominate like this, that's a sign. That's a and sign. And you know this whole debate about the golf ball and rolling it back? Open championship venues and Lynx golf in general don't usually reward length because it's so firm and fast. Right. You can play the conditions to your advantage, right? So I mean, that Tiger in 06, right? We won it with just hitting a three iron all day. Right. You wonder if Tiger, if he could ever get legitimately healthy, could the right British Open set up? Oh, yeah. Be his final major. It could yeah. because he's so creative. God, so. can you imagine if he wins another one? <laughs> Let's just see him play first. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome week. Love these recaps. I hope, you, hope yeah. you guys enjoyed this one. Yeah. If you guys got anything out of it, do us a solid. Hop aboard that email list. Yes. Thepartrain.com. Send out a, a nugget. A mental nugget learning quote that we're thinking about every week. So that's in your inbox for free every Monday. I'll never send you an email other than that, other than merchandise drops. So yeah, we are now brains. little, another announcement. We're now exclusively going to drop merchandise to our email subscribers. So that's the best way to get first access. Our golf ball is sold out in three minutes. So make sure you're on the email list at thepartrain.com. Hop aboard the YouTube channel. We're doing more and more videos. Got a lot of fun stuff planned. And throw us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us at The Partrain. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads. Wherever, all rage. You know? So as always, no matter if it starts raining or doubts come in or you have an active mind, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Thanks, Hey guys, this is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to The Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.